Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you that that uh, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. So, Lord, I pray that um, during this time, Father, as I'm speaking, it'll be your words that are, that are heard, not mine, Father, that I would fade to the background, Lord, that you would really reveal something to us through the family of Esau. We praise you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right. Let's get that good stretch in. And... Genesis 36, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Now, this is the genealogy of Esau, who is Edom. Esau took his wives from the daughters of Canaan, Ada, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. I'm not going to pronounce that name. The daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zibian, the Hivite, and Basemath, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nebajoth. Now, Ada bore Eliphaz to Esau, and Basemath bore Rol and Ahalubu, whatever, bore Jush, Jalam, and Korah. These were the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Then Esau took his wives, his sons, his daughters, and all the persons of his household, his cattle and all his animals, and all his goods which, which he had gained in the land of Canaan, and went to a country away from the presence of his brother Jacob. For their possessions were too great for them to dwell together, and the land where they were strangers could not support them because of their livestock. So Esau dwelt in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. And this is the genealogy of Esau, the father of the Edomites in Mount Seir. These were the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Ada, the wife of Esau, Ruel, the son of Basemath, the wife of Esau, and the sons of Eliphaz were Timon, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz. Now Timna was the concubine of Eliphaz, Esau's son, and she bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These were the sons of Ada, Esau's wife. These were the sons of Ruel, Nahath, Azura, Shammah, and Mizah. These were the sons of Basemath, Esau's wife. These were the sons of Ahalabomo, Esau's wife, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zibian, and she bore to Esau, Jush, Jalam, and Korah. Verse 15, these were the chiefs of the sons of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn son of Esau, were Chief Teman, Chief Omar, Chief Zepho, Chief Kanaf, Chief Korah, Chief Katam, and Chief Amalek. These were the chiefs of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These were the sons of Ada. These were the sons of Ruel, Esau's sons, Chief Nahath, Chief Zerah, Chief Shammah, and Chief Mizah. These were the chiefs of Ruel in the land of Edom. These were the sons of Basemath, Esau's wife. And these were the sons of, of Ahababah, Esau's wife, Chief Jush, Chief Jalam, and Chief Korah. These were the chiefs who descended from her, Esau's wife, the daughter of Anah. These were the sons of Esau, who was Edom, and these were their chiefs. Verse 20. These were the sons of Seir, the Horite, who inhabited the land. Lotan, Shabal, Zibion, Anah, Dishan, Ezer, Dishan. These were the chiefs of the Horites, the sons of Seir, in the land of Edom. And the sons of Lotan were Hori, Heman. Lotan's sister was Timnah. These were the sons of Jobal, Alvin, Manahath, Ebal, Zepho, and Onam. These were the sons of Zibion. 
both Aja and Ana. This was the Ana who found the water in the wilderness as to keep pasture the donkeys of his father Zibin. These were the children of Ana, Daishan, Ahamal, uh, the daughter of Ana. These were the sons of Daishan, Hemdan, Eshban, Ithram, and Cheram. These were the sons of Ezer. Bilhan, Zavan, and Akan. These were the sons of Daishan, Uz, and Aran. These were the chiefs of the Horites, Chief Lotan, Chief Shobal, Chief Jibian, Chief Anal, Chief Daishan, Chief Ezer, and Chief Daishan. These were the chiefs of the Horites, according to their chiefs in the land of Seir. Verse 31. And these were the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the children of Israel. Bela, the son of Beor, reigned in Edom, and the name of his city was Dinhabah. And when Bela died, Job, Jobab, the son of Zerah of Basra, reigned in his place. When Jobab died, Husham of the land of the Temanites reigned in his place. And when Husham died, Hadah, the son of Bedad, who attacked Midian in the field of Moab, reigned in his place. And the name of his city was Adith. When Hadah died, Sama of Masrakah reigned in his place. And when Sama died, Saul of Rehoboth by the river reigned in his place. When Saul died, Baohanan, the son of Akbar, reigned in his place. And when Baohanan, the son of Akbar, died, Hadar reigned in his place. The name of his city was Pau. His wife's name was Mehetabal, and the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mezahab. Verse 40. And these are the names of the chiefs of Esau, according to their families and their places, by their names. Chief Timna, Chief Alva, Chief Jetheth, Chief Ahalabam. Chief Ella, Chief Pinon, Chief Kenaz, Chief Teman, Chief Mibzar, Chief Magdial, and Chief Imran. These were the chiefs of Edom, according to their dwelling places in the land of their possession. Esau was the father of the Edomites. Amen. We did it, guys. We did it. Whew, I'm, I'm, I got to take, take two sips of this Bustelo. Man. So, <clears throat> the genealogy of Esau, which, who is Edom. The Edomite people, they descended from Esau. You know, this is Esau, the son of Isaac, the twin brother of Jacob. And it says in verse 2 that he took wives from the daughters of Canaan. Now, Abraham was very determined that his son Isaac not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. In Genesis 30, uh, 24, verse 37, he said... Um, when he sent his servant out to find a wife for Isaac, he said, you shall not take a wife from my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell. So Esau's marriage to Canaanite women um, caused a lot of problems. Genesis 26, 34 um, says, when Esau was 40 years old, he took as wife Judith, the daughter of Barry the Hittite, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. And verse 35 says, and they were a grief of, they were a grief of mine to Isaac and Rebecca, there was a mandate, don't take from the wives of the Canaanites for a reason. Esau said, I know better. I'm going to do what I want, right? Like a lot of us do. I know better. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to hook up with this person. You know, it's okay. It's going to be fine. And it wasn't fine. Now, um, it says in verse seven that their possessions were too great for them to dwell together. So Jacob and Esau, they had a lot of possessions. They, you know, they had a lot of you know, big families and all this stuff. There wasn't enough land. So, so um, Esau decided we're going to pick up, we're going to move. All right. Esau's painful cry to Isaac back in Genesis 27, when he said, have you only one blessing, my father, 
right? After Isaac had blessed Jacob, you know, this proved to be very baseless because Esau was a blessed man, right? God blessed Esau because he was still a descendant of Abraham. You know, he blessed, but he blessed him in the only way that Esau really cared about materially, with material wealth, right? Exactly, Deb, with things, you know. It says Esau dwelt in Mount Seir. This was a land to the southeast of the Dead Sea. And this land became known as Edom. So Edom and the Edomites are mentioned in the Bible about 130 times. And they were, they were an important group of neighbors to Israel. Um, when the Israelites came through the wilderness to the promised land, the Edomites refused to allow them to pass through. We read about that in Numbers 20. And this was a great source of discouragement to the Israelites. Read about that in Numbers, 20, uh, Numbers 21. God still um, commanded special regard for the Edomites among Israel. And he said in Deuteronomy 23, 7, you shall not abhor an Edomites for he is your brother. In the days of Saul, Edom was made subject to Israel. 1 Samuel 14, David, when he was king, he established garrisons there. 2 Samuel 8, 14, in the days of Joram, the son of Ahab, the Edomites, they became independent of Israel. 2 Kings 8, uh, beginning with verse 16, several prophets, to include Jeremiah and Ezekiel, um, spoke about and spoke against the, the Edomites. Um, when Islam began to conquer the region, conquer the Middle East, um, since then, the land of where Edom was is pretty much... Um, unoccupied you might you know it, it, you might find some bedouins around there and a military outpost or something in the middle of the desert but edom as it was no longer exists the entire book of obadiah records an extended prophecy against edom and the region has been brought to nothing since then you know the edomites held in uh there's a, a city of petra in that area and that they held a, an early version of that of that city and um, a very uh, a, a city that could be um, defended by only a few people. So um, verse 15 says, these were the chiefs of the sons of Esau. When we see the kings and chiefs among the descendants of Esau, we, we see more clearly that God, what God meant when he said, Jacob, I have loved, but Esau, I have hated. We read about that Malachi 1 and Romans 9. Esau was obviously a blessed man. He was a very, very blessed man, but he was hated and rejected in, re in regard to being chosen to inherit the, the covenant that God had made to Abraham. See, so that tells me if God blesses even those who are not chosen, how far will his blessings go for those who are chosen? If people who don't follow Christ are still blessed, how far, how much more will we be blessed because we're followers of Christ? And it may not be blessed with material things, wealth, homes, what, whatever it is, but we know we have our ultimate blessing in heaven. Amen. We have that ultimate reward that we're going to receive that those who here in the world that we see appear to be materially blessed, right? Materially blessed, that they don't have that same promise because their reward is here. Their reward is not in heaven. Verse 12, it talks about Amalek. 
Amalek is a notable is notable on this list because from him came the Amalekites, and they were notable enemies of Israel. We read about the Amalekites in Exodus 17, Deuteronomy 25, 1 Samuel 15. Um, in addition, the, the names of the descent of the, the descendants of Esau don't reflect a godly heart at all. None of these people followed the Lord. None of these chiefs, none of these kings followed the Lord at all. And we, we, can, we know that by their names. A couple of the names, Abram, his name means wicked. It's like, what? How are you going to have a kid, right? And you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to name my kid wicked. I can just tell this kid. This, they want, this one's going to be special. You know, another one means advantage. In other words, taking advantage of people, right? And Baal Hanan, this one is significant because his name embraced the false god Baal, right? And we read about Baal, um, especially like in, in, in First and Second Kings when, um, you know, with Ahab and all this stuff with Baal, the, the, the false god Baal was a false god that the children of Israel went up against constantly whether you know, they were fighting against people who worship Baal or they were even worshiping Baal and then God was putting curses on the land because of them. So why is Genesis 36 in the Bible? Why is it even here? Why are we even reading about this? Because these names don't mean anything to us, really. This book was, was written thousands and thousands of years ago. What, why, why is this? Well, consider the outcome of Esau's profane life, you know, especially in contrast with Jacob's life. See, this chapter shines a light on, on two diverging roads um, that these two brothers took. The, the road to earthly success, to earthly fame, to earthly power brings quick results. And we see that in the world today where people are, are, they seem happy, they're rich, you know, all this stuff is happening, but it's through earthly means. They're not blessed by God. The world has acknowledged them. The world has given them wealth. And on the outside, they, they appear to be very, very happy people, but they don't serve the Lord. But Jacob, he follows the road of obedience to the will of God. And that's slower and less visible. But we know the payoff is going to be so much more, more powerful in the end. What's significant is that there's no mention of barren wives in Esau's line. This chapter just talks about, you know, his wives and the, the kids they bore and the kids their kids bore. Um, Abraham had God's promise of many, many descendants. But Sarah was barren for 25 years. She could not have a child. Isaac had the same promise of descendants, but Rebecca, his wife, couldn't conceive for the first 20 years of their marriage. Barrenness, right? Jacob's favored wife, Rachel, the one that he really, really loved, you know, she was barren for a very long time prior to, to giving birth um, to her two sons. But Esau represents, you know, there, is, there was no barrenness in his family, as far as we know, according to the word. So Esau represents natural man, capable, strong, independent, right? 
Esau was able to make kids, no issues, no problems, right? Who needs to depend on God for things when you can take care of it yourself? That's Esau. I got this. I'm going to handle this. God often humbles our pride by shutting us up with problems that we're incapable of solving ourselves. Problems like barren wives. But when we call on, upon him, he proves himself mighty. So there's a reason why Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they dealt with, with barren wives for a portion of their life. There's a reason for it. One of the reasons is so that they had to rely on God. They had to rely on a miracle of God. They couldn't rely on themselves because they tried. Abraham tried. Abraham tried to help out God by, by laying with, with Hagar and conceiving Ishmael. And that caused a whole nother swarm of problems. But when we try to help God, listen, God don't need our help, brothers and sisters. God don't need our help at all. God's got this. Some of us still wear the wristband from, from a few months back. God's got this, right? And so Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they learned to rely on God. They knew that their help could only come from God. No one else. No one else. But Esau, he's the man, right? Because he had wives and he had children. He had grandchildren. His children, we read about, became chiefs. They became kings. The word said kings even before Israel knew their first king. So by worldly standards, Esau's the man, right? By earthly standards, especially in those times, in ancient times, if you would look at, you know, Esau and you would look at Jacob, by worldly standards, Esau was the more successful one. Esau didn't deal with barrenness. Esau didn't deal with a father-in-law who cheated him, who, made, who caused him to, to work for him for close to 20 years before he finally got what he deserved. Esau didn't deal with that. But why did Jacob deal with that? Because Jacob followed the Lord. And the Lord was trying to work on Jacob. Esau refused because Esau knew better. So by the, by the, the world standard, Esau had a beautiful family. There's nothing negative talked about, about his family. He was the founder of a dynasty. Chiefs and kings. His sons and grandsons became chiefs and kings. His, his wives were no doubt beautiful women. He had his pick of the Canaanite women. He, he, you know, he, 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 could, he, he ain't gonna pick no ugly woman, you know? So he had beautiful women, sons and daughters. Esau's family was outwardly very attractive, but they were not part of God's family. That's what's, what's significant here. They are not part of God's family. Esau, the grandson of the godly Abraham, the favorite son of Isaac. Isaac, uh, excuse me, Esau should have gotten the birthright that Jacob got. He should have gotten it. But because he, he allowed his flesh to take over his decisions, he lost it. Esau was a thoroughly secular man who lived for the pleasure of here and now. 
right now, what can I get? Right now, how, how can I be blessed? Right now, how can, how can I achieve wealth? Right now. He was a successful man whose sons and grandsons after him were successful men, again, by worldly standards. But they, they all failed at what mattered most because they left God out of their lives. We all know people who are very, very successful. Might be your boss, might be a friend, might be a family member. Very, very successful. They got the house. They got the cars. They got all the toys in the garage. They're on vacation every other month. Very, very successful, right? But when you get down to the nitty gritty, you get down to the inside, they're missing something. There's a hole. Because they're not serving the Lord. And that's where we come in, brothers and sisters, as the example to them. Not to lord it over them or to, to prove to them how, 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 good, how happy we are. But no, but to show what happens when you serve God. When you serve the Lord, what can happen? The most important, you know, and so, so we see Esau, he had all these kids and grandkids, but he did not, you know, he didn't impart any godly wisdom to them. The most important thing you can impart to your kids is not how to be a worldly success. It's easy to encourage our kids to succeed in the wrong ways, right? Your kids on the football team, the star football player, or, you know, your daughter's, you know, in gymnastics and they're doing amazing or they're homecoming queen or whatever it is that they're trying to do. You know, and you push them and you push them and that becomes their identity. Or your kids, you know, SAT scores and, and graduating top of their class and getting into a good college and getting a, a high paying job. And that's what we focus on. That's what we push on our kids, but we're not pushing on them the love of Christ. We're not showing them, you know, who God is and the blessings that come from serving the Lord. And that's the difference, difference between Esau and Jacob, where their focus was, what they were looking to, what they, what they were doing. Because, you know, so, so they can be successful, our kids. They can become powerful people. They can have the best paying job. But if they fail with God, if they fail to have a relationship with God, all that doesn't matter. We need to instill in our kids what it means to succeed with God. So from Jacob came the children of Israel. From Esau came the Edomites. But we don't hear about the Edomites anymore. The land of, of what was once Edom is a barren land. There's nothing there. It's unoccupied. But the children of Israel, the Jewish people are everywhere. And brothers and sisters, we fall in that line. We fall in that heritage along with the children of Israel. Esau's line was cut off. They're done. I don't know at what point that they, they went away, but they're no longer here. 
Where is your heritage? Where, where's your bloodline going to be in the next generation or two? Because if right now, if you're, if you're looking for the wrong things and you're seeking out the wrong things, I'm telling you, you're passing down a heritage of materialism to your kids. You're not passing on, down a heritage of, of godly living, of serving the Lord. And see if we can, if we had a, if we can look into the future and we can see the two roads. Which road are you taking? Are you following the path of Jacob or are you following the path of Esau? When they talked about God, they would say that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that showed that there was a lineage of faithfulness. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, a lineage of passing on, serving the Lord down the line. And it continues today. But again, there is no Esau. There is no God of Esau. Because Esau did not serve the Lord. And while he seemed to be very successful and he was still a blessed man, his children, his children's children, his children's children's children are no longer here. So what do you want for your family? What are you passing on to your kids? What are you sharing with your children? Don't seek material wealth, brothers and sisters. Seek the Lord. Instill the fear of the Lord into your children. And even though while they're here on earth, they may not see material wealth, but when they get to glory, they have the ultimate victory. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord, and thank you, Father, for this, this example of what not to do, of how, of how not to live, Father. Of how while everything may seem to be in line, things seem, seem to be good, Lord, that if it's not within your will, Father, it means nothing. And we will fall one day if we do not continue to follow you and follow your statue. So, Father, thank you for this reminder. I pray, Lord, that as we go about our day and our week, Father, that we would reflect on your word, Lord God. What are those areas that maybe I'm, I'm focusing too much on, on the worldly aspect of life, too much on the material? Lord God? What are those areas that we, I need to redirect my thoughts, redirect my, 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 my attention so it's more in line with you, Father? And bring that to our minds, Lord God, so we can make those right changes, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Father. Thank you for your continued blessing over us. I pray for each and every one, one of my brothers and sisters and every homeless representative on this call. We praise you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen.